so Gilmore Global is putting together a, a podcast series on uh, the customer education space and a variety of other training initiatives. And uh, for this segment, we're really, really happy to have uh, Bill Horzempa here. And uh, Bill uh, leads the customer education team at uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Uh, in his role, he's responsible for the worldwide delivery of HPE's customer partner and technical employee education curriculum. Uh, in addition, Bill is responsible for developing the programs and tools to ensure HPE's customers can find and take the training they need to stay current uh, on HPE's and industry emerging technology products and solutions. So with that, I'd like to welcome Bill to the podcast today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to, to, to be here. And I appreciate, Matt, that you, the invitation to participate. Yeah, well, Bill, you know, you've, uh, you've been a, uh, you and your organization have been a great customer of Gilmore for, uh, for a, quite a long time now. And uh, I know from some previous conversations that we've had, uh, I kind of got exposed to just how deep your understanding and your, your breadth of experience is in the customer education space. And it certainly goes well beyond the things that uh, Gilmore Global is involved with. So I thought it would be great to kind of pick your brain a little bit and um, see what you see in terms of uh, emerging trends in, in, in the customer education space. So I've got a few questions, uh, topics to go through, and uh, maybe we'll kick it right off with the first one, which is kind of, I think, on everybody's mind as the, the COVID-19 pandemic continues to rage. And, and we've seen, uh, with a lot of our customers, impacts in terms of uh, the customer education and the training business. Uh, fortunately, on the technology training side, it seems that there's been a little bit of less of an impact in terms of um, uh, bookings and things of that nature. But what are you seeing in terms of the impact of COVID-19 on, on the training space and on your organization specifically? Yeah, well, first, I hope everybody listening to this has been able to stay safe and that the pandemic um, wind down as fast as possible. You know, if we go back to you know, the February, March timeframe, when it first kind of, we started hitting us, we first reached out and, you know, we listened to the customers we have, I talked with them about how they wanted to, you know, receive training in, in this new environment and acquiring, you know, new knowledge. You know, some of them uh, wanted to uh, receive training through virtual instructor-led training uh, delivery. And, you know, we were fortunate there because we had uh, a number of instructors that had extensive experience delivering VILT. We did know just that in some countries uh, there was a cultural preference to on-site ILT. They really hadn't experienced VILT. And we had to work with those customers uh, to show that VILT I'll say could be basically as good as on-site on training. One of the things we did uh, when we saw that was we you started using more of our virtual remote guidance solution. This is for courses where you know the technology typically required the students you know to touch the hardware. You know, using VRG, we we're able to have the instructors demonstrate in basically real time how to physically like, say, change a board, change chips, power on the gear, anything that the, we would typically have the student doing. And um, as we moved along, we felt so comfortable using VRG in the classes that we told customers that were kind of on the fence that if they selected course uh, and took it as a VILT offering, and then afterwards didn't feel like it hit the mark, they could come back later 
when hopefully COVID is gone and we are offering some of the classes on site, they could just come back and take it. You know, to date, I have to say the feedback from the students uh, is extremely, extremely positive about PRG. We don't want to kid you. You know, it's not the same from the perspective of if you've got 10 students in a class talking with each other, they certainly can talk through here today, we're using Zoom or, you know, we use a product called My Room that enables it, but it's never the same as having a coffee with a person, but it really helps the training. So we think we've uh, got a good solution for um, continuing into, um, with uh, this VILT offerings. Oh, that's great. That's excellent, uh, Bill. So you, you mentioned geographic sort of uh, resistance in some, in some mm -hmm. places. And I've heard that from other customers as well. Would you, would you care to you know, sort of expand on sort of the geographies that you did see some of that resistance? Sure. Um, you know, two com countries come to mind and it's strictly the culture. It, you know, it, it, when it was Japan um, basically was for at least an hour and I talked with peers and other companies and it was kind of the same. Is prior to March in Japan, we were almost 100% on-site offerings. Uh, obviously today, we're 100% virtual instructor-led, but the nice piece there is that our volumes obviously took a dip because we had to spin up, but they're back to the pre-COVID levels. And another country that comes to mind is Italy. Uh, they were you know, very heavily weighted towards uh, ILT. And um, today they're, uh, again, of course, VILT. Yeah. But moving forward in the future, I'd say, you know, one of our call it learnings, we had a uh, methodology we called hybrid. And we think we're going to do it even more. And what hybrid is, is we offer the class as an ILT and at the same time a VILT. So we'll say, for example, in the class is going to be um, in Rome, in the case of Italy. And uh, the, that's where the instructor will be. And you can come to our training site in Rome and take it on site. But at the same time, we're going to be, let me say, broadcasting the class through virtual instructor-led training to students anywhere. So if they were in Milan or whatever, they, they can do it that way. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll tell you one, um, maybe a little cute, funny, a little bit um, a story about that. We were offering one of these hybrids and it happened to be in Chicago, Illinois at our at a site there. And on Monday, uh, the instructor came in and about half the class was on site and half the class was remote. And um, the next day um, came in, let's say it was around eight o'clock and the class was starting at 8.30. There was nobody in the classroom. Uh, she thought maybe the students are out uh, having a cup of coffee or breakfast. Well, 8.30 came along, nobody in the classroom. She figured, well, there may be people out there. I better start the class. I hope everybody's okay. She started the class up. 100% of the people were taking it through the virtual uh, methodology. And they just said, we feel we can get the same. We don't want to commute. We just want to be in our office or at home and take it. Yeah, that's incredible. Wow, amazing. Yeah. yeah. We've we've heard uh, some similar stories, and I think different uh, parts of the world the uptake is is a little bit quicker. I know that um, anecdotally, I've heard many stories from customers that in Europe the uh, 
the adoption has been a little bit slower than, and there was a bit of a waiting period, I think, where bookings were low because, you know, it was kind of a wait and see approach to see, okay, how long is this going to last? And once it became clear that it was going to be a while, people are kind of like, well, we got to get on with, with life here. We got to get on with uh, training. So uh, the booking started to pick up at that point in time. So that's, uh, that's interesting insight. Um, so one of the questions I had was, you know, the customer training really has changed a lot. Um, in the last number of years, uh, you know, what are the biggest changes that you've seen in the way that training is is being delivered? Mm, good question. Well, I mean, what we see is, you know, the customers are king and queen, and they're looking for flexibility. They're looking for the specific knowledge they need to be offered to them just when they need it. You know, obviously, at times they can plan. But if all of a sudden uh, it comes along, today's a Friday, and they got to do something on Monday that they just were told about, they don't have time to go out and take a multi-day class. They might like it, want it, and maybe they'll do it in the future, but they need to get the data, the information they need right then. And likely through what we're seeing is through more informal training and delivery activities the way we do it maybe as an open lab access. So if that example I gave, let's say somebody was setting up a, uh, an OpenStack neutron network, they had to do it on um, Monday. Maybe they took a class a while ago, but they'd love to be able to go into a, an open lab and then you know, over the weekend, do what they needed to do. So in a, you know, a safe environment uh, and do it. And so that's one thing we're trying to do to offer more of that through what we call one of our subscription services so that you know they, they don't have to think about um, signing up. It's there, they know they can go in. Also, um, you know, there's, um, they've asked for like instructor office hours mm-hmm. after the class, you know, uh, where, you know, they took the class and uh, just like all of us, you know, uh, three hours into the class, their boss called them and something, they missed a, a portion of the class and it was important to them. Maybe they try learning on their own, but they'd like to come back and have the uh, the instructor. Just obviously looking at me, it was a number of years ago when I went to my undergraduate, uh, but you know, it was like, if you didn't understand something, you could go knock on the door and the the, the professor would help you. So I think kind of in a nutshell, you know, it's it's just us training suppliers. We need to be more flexible we need to know the customer's needs and we need to meet those customer's needs. We, we just can't say, what well, we built a five-day class. It's good for everybody. Come take the class. You know, that, yeah. that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, you mentioned subscription-based uh, learning. Um, and that's another trend that we're seeing that's being widely adopted by many of the organizations that, uh, uh, that we work with. So does, does your organization, you have a subscription-based uh, uh, offering at this point in time, right? And how, how, what's the uptake like been on that? Yeah, it's, it's our, you know, we're heading towards learning as a service and uh, we have, uh, yes, we have uh, multiple levels of subscription offerings. Like probably a lot of people, we, we steal from the, 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 the marketing from the Olympics. Yeah. And so we've got a bronze, silver, gold offerings. And of course, uh, you can guess each one as you move up, you know, offers more things. Um, and um, uh, and then when you get to the top end, the goal, we're very flexible at uh, 
you know, uh, with customers want to add more things to even the standard offering. I mean, we'll do anything from everything from here's a you know, five, you know, hundreds of courses that you can take to we'll uh, not, not only offer all of our courses, we'll include labs, we'll include your courses, customer, and we'll even either run or enable you to run this whole thing on your own systems. Uh, so they have they can have you know a significant flexibility. Yeah. Uh, you asked you know the uptake. Um, I think everywhere uh, you know across the board. I I enjoy talking with uh, peers of mine from other companies. Uh, I participate. I'm on the um, PSIA education um, board. Uh, I participate in, in SEDMA. And um, I think the industry, if we were to look at those, uh, those numbers, the, there's probably in the 20 to 30% is what so the industry is of total delivery is going through um, subscriptions. And, and, and the other I'll just mention is a lot of times people think subscriptions and equated to e-learning only. E-learning is a, one of it, part of it, but at least our philosophy is that subscriptions can include everything hmm. from e-learning to video learning to uh, VILT classes, to perhaps on-site classes, to instructor office hours, uh, to us um, fostering peer-to-peer -peer discussions, etc. To me, that, to us, that's what you know the, the whole subscription or learning as a service uh, is. Yeah, really, exactly what you alluded to at the beginning of, of this uh, of this question. Your answer is is you know flexibility and the customer is king, right? And being able to to meet the needs that they have. That's just, that's really interesting. Um, now I know HPE, you know, has a variety of different technologies, um, and I I also know that uh, what we're what we're seeing with many of our customers is that there's a blending across various uh, vendors. In terms of the training that's being delivered. So, you know, an organization, a large enterprise may be deploying technologies from a variety of different IT vendors. Uh, are you guys doing any work in, in that space to be able to blend uh, training with some other, uh, other vendor technologies? Yeah, Matt, that's, uh, you know, it's spot on. We see that on a, on a daily basis as a supplier would love to have the whole, all of the customers, but that, uh, IT infrastructure, but that's, you know, that's not a practical, they're going to pick and choose from the, the best of breed. And, and we know we have to work with, um, you know, uh, have our equipment and then our training, you know, participate in a solution type thing. Right. Uh, so, you know, we, again, we certainly, you know, uh, have training on our specific things, but in addition, you know, to the point specific or product specific, you know, when we educate customers, we also include the concepts that can be applied with other, you know, suppliers technology. Hmm. We, you know, um, if the customer asked us and wanted us to go and, you know, do a, a course on somebody else's pure storage or servers, you know, we, 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 we certainly, if they, you know, customer really wanted us to do it, we'd do it, but that's not really typical. They're typically going to go get that point knowledge from that other uh, supplier. Yeah. But what we really see, and we're seeing more of this, 
is because as customers want solution training, as you point out. And so, and that combines, you know, the multiple components of our stuff, their stuff. And what we will do is first of all, take and customize several of our courses together. And then we will actually train on the customer's gear, which will then include those other components. Really? Okay. And, you know, I, I think, you know, if we had um, if I, one of our instructors on that is doing that, uh, I think they would, you know, they would say that becomes a very collaborative class because there may be well be um, students that know the other vendors equipment better than our instructor does, but it can be integrated in very well. And, and, and actually that's a real up and coming area these custom solution trainings that uh, we're seeing. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, we're hearing that too. And program-based delivery versus just simply delivering a course, uh, solution-based delivery, that's, that's really a trend that, uh, that we're seeing as well. Um, just to pivot a little bit. So customer education, I, I know, you know, from attending various events, I've attended the SEDMA events in the past and things like mm -hmm. that, where, you know, it's all customer education focused. Um, the role of customer education organizations uh, seems to be, you know, shifting over the course of time. And I know different organizations treat customer education in different ways. Um, but do you think the role of customer education has changed uh, over the last number of years? And, and if you do see that, you know, how have you seen it change? Yeah, again, I, you know, I kind of mentioned, I mean, because we absolutely see this is, you know, I tell you at one time, uh, product releases drove training. Somebody, you know, we came out with a, the, the latest, greatest product that was really slick and it was very different and it was very innovative and maybe it was a little, you know, complex. That drove the development and the delivery of the class. And it was, you know, I guess it was a, a good approach. It worked then. But, you know, it's, we really now, I'd say, need to understand much more of how the customer is using the solution. Of course, uh, you know, would love it again to be, you know, primarily our stuff, but, you know, we need to know that, you know, this is going into an environment that's in the medical or the financial and how they're putting it together. And then us, you know, knowing that and blending the class to that environment. Um, so, you know, in my example before, oh, it's great to set up that um, OpenStack Neutron network. Well, that's only one piece. And, and we can do that very well. We can, we can show you how to set up the IP addresses or whatever, right? But you know, that it's, that's just one part of what the customer's trying to do. They're, maybe they're trying to, it's a reservation system or maybe it's a billing system. And, uh, and the more we can apply the industry to it and then that, uh, that vertical to it, I think the more the students get out of the, uh, the training. And that means we've got to continually, um, help our instructors uh, in those areas, gain that knowledge, perhaps rotate and be at times, you know, go and um, work on a customer opportunity if that works. So they gain that knowledge too. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely um, changing. Do you think customer education, uh, I mean, I think customer education has always played a role in driving revenue into, a, into, a, into an organization, mm -hmm. right? By, uh, you know, you ultimately develop a more knowledgeable customer. That customer is, you know, typically going to buy more product from you. Oh, yeah. But do you find that 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 is accelerating at this point in time? Do you think that's changing in any way in terms of 
are, are customer education organizations being relied on by you know the executive levels of an organization to help in driving revenue or uh, or has that not really happened at this point in time I, I think you probably have to talk to a number of people different companies probably to you know varying uh, pieces I can tell you that when um, that uh, I'll speak generally sure. I think that education has vast amount of information about students you know, and we can do a few things. One, we can really try to help make uh, loyal, those uh, students more loyal. Yeah. You know, if we can help them be successful, uh, they become more comfortable with, in our case, HPE uh, equipment. I think it's a naturalness that they're gonna recommend that in, uh, to their uh, organizations and that, uh, that will help in the um, future. Also, I think within a company, within our, within our company or any company, the better that information is integrated, the better. Um, you know, that, you know, and a good example is that uh, somebody calls a helpline and okay, that one, one time fine. Well, if we can tap into those that, all, that database and see lots of people coming from one particular company, one, we can suggest to that company and those students, here's a, you know, we're seeing this, why don't we, why don't you consider this course? You know, we don't, it's great that you call us, we think that's fine, but you know, you, everybody wants to be independent. So perhaps, you know, we can offer a class there. And then we can also, you know, in the class, we can feed back information to the product group saying, you know, when we're in a class, they're really, the students are having a difficult time with these features, understanding them or implementing them. Again, that might be fine or again, they may go, oh, wow, you know, if we change these things, that's gonna make it that much easier for the, for the customers and that's, that's fine. So yeah, so actually influencing the customer, the, the, the product roadmap at the end of the day yeah. ways as well, right? That's interesting, yeah. excellent. Um, so I think we, we talked about subscription learning a little bit earlier. So we, when we talk about learning as a service, um, you know, how do you think learning as a service is impacted customer education? Is it strictly in terms of subscription-based learning or are there other ways that it's impacted uh, the industry as well? Um, you know, it, it, I would say it is primarily with subscriptions, but it's a mindset, you know, it's, it, it's a service. It's a not, it's not a one-time event that a class might be. Yeah. You know, it's, the whole thing that we we, want, we talked about earlier from, from the three or five day class to you know online anytime micro modules that the, you know somebody going oh, I just need this little piece you know I only have an hour before I have to do something I want to go back and find out in one thing and I think the onus in that case is on us as suppliers to one we probably have that uh, training that information out there. But how do you find it quickly? You know, I often I'm in from the Boston, Massachusetts area, and I say, well, the answer probably is in the Boston Library. Right. Go find it. <laughs> so you know, so it's we've got to you know make it easier, quicker, and I think subscriptions make things easier from the sense, oh, well, first of all, you don't have to figure out and get approval to take a class. A customer already has that subscription, so everything's there is instantly available. And, uh, and then again, we need to be doing the better job at helping 
the student get to exactly what they need. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Um, so what are some key initiatives that HPE is undertaking uh, to better the customer education experience? So maybe some things that you might not have already touched on, or if you wanted to expand on anything that you've touched on already. Yeah. I mean, our, honestly, our number one initiative, our fiscal year started a few days ago, and learning as a, as a service and subscriptions is our number one goal to really helping customers in, let's call it calendar year, uh, 21. We really want to lead the industry from the perspective, if we're doing that, then we're probably really helping our customers because they'll help us lead the industry there. Okay. That really is the, the most. No, thanks for that, yeah. Um, so one of the other questions I had, just touching on some, uh, the relevance of IT certifications, you know, certifications, uh, started taking off. I think if I'm looking back kind of in the early to mid nineties, IT certification really started to, to take off um, maybe slightly before that. Um, and I was kind of thinking about this recently. So, you know, companies are, you know, Google, Facebook, Netflix, others are starting to talk about the fact that they don't require degrees necessarily of employees, which, you know, historically that would have been um, very, very unusual. And now the, these organizations are hiring developers and technologists that don't have a university degree. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that the, the relevance or the importance of IT certifications is, um, is increasing because of, of that type of a shift that's taking place? Do you think it's decreased over time, you know, with things like micro badging and things like that also, you know, in the market? What do you, how, what do you, what do you see in terms of the general IT certification landscape right now? Sure, and I, and I think you're right. That's when you know thing, uh, that time frame you mentioned is when like Cisco came out with the CCIE and no that certification was really uh, top up there because it not only did it show knowledge but it was made the person very attractive uh, in their career pathing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say we're seeing is a combination of degrees, certifications badging, micro badging, and that being desired by, by individuals and companies. I mean, it's a combination. You know, certif certifications show a, you know, knowledge in a specific area that's, you know, specified by, by HPE. You know, for example, we may say to one of our channel partner companies, you need to have so many certified individuals that are in sales or are sales support, technical sales support, and so there's a, you know, a, a naturalness there that helps us ensure that those people have the knowledge needed in that very specific area to support the end customers. Mm -hmm. You know, we see badges, you know, um, that uh, they show knowledge in a, in a more specific or a narrower area or a more focused area. And that's cool too, you know, and it's, and I think that's, that's one way a lot of people that maybe not in the technical industry that are maybe making a career change or whatever, start off with. They, um, they take some badges and I'll tell you, you know, we, we, we give out both um, digital badges and we give, uh, you know, when we have conferences, <laughs> when we can have them again, the, the, the um, on-site conferences, people will wear our badges from, you know, up here all the way down to the floor because they're really proud and that's great. You know, it's, it's just super to see. Um, you know, uh, every company is going to be different in, in every, probably everybody's opinion is going to be a little different. I, I personally think degrees will be around for a long time. 
I mean, they, they can show not only, you know, the technical knowledge, but they can show broad knowledge in, in multiple areas of creative thinking. You know, you, you might not think of a, you mentioned a developer. Well, a developer might, you know, some developers might have started off with a liberal arts or a business degree because they got a broad knowledge out of that. And then they come in and they take some certifications and they take some um, boot camps. You know, maybe, you know, you get a degree and go to a boot camp, get a number of certifications and all along the way they get some badges and they're just getting better and better for, uh, for both the company that hires them and that company's uh, customers. So yeah. I certainly, uh, I've always thought that IT certifications were very important. I, I, I was on the IT certification council. I was actually the, the first um, chair of that, uh, that organization and it's still a really great group going on. So I have a passion for certifications and uh, badges have come up recently or more recently and you know, degrees have been around forever. So it's a blending of all, I believe. Yeah, and I think with uh, just touching on one of the topics we talked about earlier when it comes to certifications, it seems to me that education as a service um, really could potentially change the way certifications are, are, um, are updated. You know, mm -hmm. somebody becomes certified, obviously mm -hmm. with technology changing so quickly, you've, you've achieved a certification, you know, but the technology in a year may, may change, mm -hmm. but with a subscription to ongoing learning after you've got that certification, you know, the certification doesn't have to be a, you know, it's not the, it's not the finish line, but it's really, you know, part of a continuum really at the end of the day, right? And being able to continue to learn after the certification has been delivered, uh, I think is a real key for any uh, education organization to make sure that they're delivering. Yes, you're spot on. The, all this knowledge needs to be on a continuous basis. Uh, it, and badging and certification help that people continue to progress along uh, that knowledge curve. So yeah. You, you nailed it right there, Matt. Awesome, great. Well, hey, Bill, that's, uh, those are all the questions that I had for you today as it relates to the uh, training and certification world and uh, really, really appreciate your time and joining us. Is, is there anything else that you wanted to, to, to share at all or uh, are you good? I just wanna say, I think this is a great idea that you, you've got, you're doing for the, uh, the industry. This is, this is excellent. I really thank you for letting me participate in it. And, and um, uh, I'll be uh, anxious to see the other ones you do and, and learn from other people. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Well, really appreciate you having you on, Bill. Thanks a lot. Yeah, have a great day.